Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We talk every week about the reality of running property businesses. Stuart runs a portfolio of co-living properties with a six-figure turnover. And Simon owns Bytelets and created Patma, a leading portfolio management software system and a source of property market insights. Please do open the show notes and find the list to our email list. We would love to to welcome you there and we will be sending out emails very soon if we haven't started already by the time you're hearing this. So the sort of kicking off point for our discussion today is a couple of posts I saw online recently. One that said, I've tried running student lets and they were awful. I'm never going to do that again. I've now decided to dedicate my attention to professional HMOs. And then in the same thread, someone else posted saying, I've tried doing professional HMOs and they were awful. I I can't stand them. I'm definitely going to stick with only doing student HMOs because they're they're just much more predictable and and I prefer those. So this, I think, obviously shows that there's there's space in the market for, for lots of different people with different opinions and different thoughts and different business plans. And I don't know whether we're going to talk about choosing your business plan and sort of trying to be intentional with what you you choose and where you go, or or maybe we're going to talk about having past experiences and being able to learn from those and feed those back into your future business plans. So where should we start, Stuart? Well, I think we're actually going to talk about both. Let's be clear. We are talking about those things. And... We have, we have many different thoughts on these because of where we've come from. And I think where, where we came to was that we, we, we've both learned from, from our experiences. And the biggest thing that I've been thinking about recently is that with property, we always put the property first. And that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say. But what we do is we, we just think, let's, we're going to buy a property and then we're just going to fill it. We're just going to put people in it and it's just going to rent. I mean, that, that is the simplest business model, isn't it, for, for a property investor? Buy a property, rent it out. You, you, don't, you don't need to think about what the property is or who you're renting it to or anything, do you? At, at the start, the sort of kernel of the business is it's just that. Buy a property, yeah. rent it out. But there, there are so many different flavors, so many different ways you can do that. Yeah, and, and I was very guilty of that, really guilty of that, probably for, for the first... So the first one was an un- unintentional let, but the, the, the second one was a little flat. And I just thought, well, that's fine. I'll just get a flat. I didn't really consider the area too much. I thought one bed flat, it's going to rent. And, and the thing is, for the most part, that is what works. But I suppose this brings me to the precursor question that we should be asking ourselves, which is what, what do I want from property? And, and again, I'm talking from my own experiences. This is just my views. Just like, well, I, I just want... I want to get some income that's going to get given to me regularly, whether or not I decide to get out of bed or not. I want someone to give me some money. And also, it'd be really nice if I had an asset, aka property, that was going to grow in value over time as well. That that was as much as I'd thought about it. And I'd be interested to get your thoughts before your first investment. But I know, obviously, your background, your I think it was your grandfather that had a, a, a bunch of lets in, in Brighton, but and, and you were more accidental because you rented out places you were in but where was your mind at there was that what were you thinking about just on just quickly on that point yeah i mean my my background is 
multi-generational landlord. <laughs> and, and I don't know whether that sort of helped spur my own interest in property or, or whether it was just uh, an, a, a built-in interest in property that I discovered from a very young age that I was, I, I don't think I was at that point particularly interested in renting property out and running property as a business but I was just interested and, and I still am interested in the architecture of property and how the, the sort of structures fit together and how living uh, environments are, are built and, and consumed if you like when I started buying property though it was very deliberate that that was going to be rental property as in as in my very first house purchase was for me to live in but I bought it with the intention of letting out rooms. So there, there was always a, a rental element right from the beginning. And, and that enabled me to uh, sort of start building up wealth and value in, in the properties and, uh, and in the end, a uh, uh, slightly bigger, still not very big, but slightly bigger property portfolio. Yeah. So the intentionality there, I guess, sounds very similar. It's just looking for some, for some revenue that we know we're going to put into property because we think that's value. And I think that's where a lot of us start. Where, where we've kind of been talking about is if, if that, that is someone's intention is actually as a, I'm going to use the term side hustle because it's a popular term now, but you know, as in I'm happy in my job, I'm going to work in my job, but I would like to create something where there is more longer term wealth then for me, that is a, that's a, a buy-to-let strategy. It's as, it's as hands-off as it can be. But then I think a lot of people want the option then to work or not. And, of course, that's the dream we're sold through all of the, the marketing activity that happens in the, in the property wealth creation industry is oh, I want to I create a salary for myself as well as, as, well as own an asset – and that that's very different. And for me, the intentionality comes down to, so like I say, I hadn't even considered the tenant profile, really. The first one didn't consider it at all, but the second one was a student property. So it was bought as that. And I think if I could go back in time, well, there's certain decisions I would make. And we were talking about this is that the first key decision really is location, but before that, I guess you have to think about what we've just talked about. Because if you're going to run a buy to let, I think your location could be, well, it could be anywhere. It could actually be anywhere in the world, buy to let. Because again, it could be much more hands off versus a high cash flowing strategy such as HMO, service accommodation, much more hands on. So as, as a, Simon and I were talking about before we hit the record button, so we've got approximately 70 rooms in my company's business. We use agents for 99 Actually, no, we use agents for pretty much 100% of it now. Actually, we've just changed some of it. So you could argue that I'm not doing a lot. But as, as I was saying to Simon, I still get contacts every single day about different things happening. As you can imagine, across a portfolio of 10 plus properties, multiple boilers, multiple fridge freezers, multiple microwaves, dishwashers, mould, damp, etc. And not all of that is going to be dealt with directly by the agent. So there is what I like to term is just a lot more noise around the property. Yeah. And also you've chosen a location that's four hours away. And 
it, it is quite common for you to have to pop over there once a fortnight, sometimes once a week. And I mean, that's that's actually quite a trek to, to go all that way to, to a location so far away, really. Yeah, it is. And, and of course, as I've gotten older, that's become tougher. And, and yeah, the last few weeks, it has been pretty much once a week. So without getting into the what would I do if I started again, you know, narrative, I would certainly be thinking about if I would start again, okay, if I want a high cash flow strategy, I am going to look for bigger properties that can be multi-let, whether I convert them or buy them as existing. But I would certainly wouldn't look outside of two hour radius and work out whatever that is in mileage. And then I would just plot that against where I am. And, and that would already start to give me an idea of what I could look at. The challenge is when you live in the South, it, it gets harder and harder to to find those properties and find those for the right price. And this is the challenge that I've had because, again, my local areas, say local, but w- within that radius, I'm probably looking at well, Brighton, which I would consider out of my budget right now, certainly for HMO. Yeah, Brighton is pricey. Eastbourne, Bournemouth. And then when I start looking at these areas, and there are properties that could work, but they're probably a bit more than I would be paying here. So we'd, we'd need more capital. And the yield is the same or lower. So then I get to the stage, well, for me now, this is why the, the boat has kind of pretty much sailed until you know we maybe sell some properties. But the, the real kicker is that all of my network is in the area that I'm investing in, in Plymouth. So I know the builder really well. We've got a really good relationship. I know really good agents, really good relationships there. I know the area really well. You know, if I can look at a property and just without even, as soon as I look at where it was on a map, I know exactly what street it is and whether I like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think you've got a lot of built-in knowledge, experience, and momentum. And the going back to the, the post I mentioned at the beginning, I do wonder if these are people who, who have started with one strategy, built up all that experience, all that knowledge, all that team, and then they've thought, well, maybe I'll try, try a different one. And, and of course, they're starting again from scratch. And they, they then sort of think, well, actually, that's, that's quite difficult. Maybe I don't like that strategy. And it's, it's perhaps not so much that strategy that, that is what they're disliking. It's the fact that they're disliking having to start again and, and having to relearn all, all of the things they thought they knew already over again for, for a, a new strategy and a new start. And, and hence they say, oh, no, I, I don't like that. I'll, I'll, I'll stick, with, stick with what I know. And it is difficult to change. But if you want to be intentional about your business, if you want to really choose where your business is going, I think sometimes you do have to make a change. And you, Stuart, say you're, you're thinking about basically relocating your business. And, and this isn't sort of moving a few staff and, and an office. You, you can't just relocate investment properties. It's it's a it's a big long term effort, and maybe you will gradually sell some in one location and gradually buy in a different location. But yeah, it's it's a big decision to try and put that into practice. Is it? I, I know you've been sort of talking about this on and off a little bit for for quite a while, but do you, have you thought about sort of a, a timeline for? relocating or would it would, would you would you perhaps try to to grow in a new area and and keep most of the the more distant location or 
What would you think in longer term for that? Well, longer term, I think because of the way the property cycles work, I'd be wanting to keep most of the portfolio. As I mentioned on last week's episode, I have put one property on the market. It's, it's a little two bed, but really that capital is is going to go back to an investor, really. So for me, the main portfolio will stay where it is and for at least several years. But of course, you know, once that's happened, everywhere else will have increased in price as well. So that equity will we'll hopefully buy the same amount what it would now. So I've got no real plans to, to, to relocate it. But the point I was thinking about when we talk about the intentionality, for me, the big question, and it's a big question for a lot of us, is, is property the right strategy play you know, for what we want to do, depending on what your objectives are? So if I'm being completely honest, if I, if I stop and think, what I really wanted was a was to create a business you know that 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 that's just my what i wanted to do i wanted to create a business which i which i feel like i've done and i'm you know we've got the business of property podcast we've got 70 rooms so it, it is a business and it's is as we say it's got six figure turnover it's approaching a good few hundred thousand in terms of turnover if not more so it's a it's a viable business but is it a business that i feel passionate about and the big thing is I enjoy what we do and I certainly enjoy it when we, you know, refurbished and, you know, creatively designed one of our HMOs. That was really good. But the thing where I feel where we're lacking is that customer engagement. So there's part of me that really likes the idea of service accommodation because for me that is a, a customer-led business. You're, you're interacting more with actual customers. Okay, tenants are customers, but most of the time they'll be in for six months and, hopefully god willing you won't get too many contacts because you know if a tenant contacts us it's not usually good news to say how happy they are and how wonderful they are experiencing your property i wonder if we could encourage that more maybe we could just contact the tenants each each month or something and say are you happy today (laughs) or get one of those um you know, when you go into the public lavatories, I mean, already this has gone the wrong way, but if you go into a public <laughs> lavatory and it's got, you know, five different coloured buttons, you know, you know, green, amber and red, just with different, you know, with a smiley face or a sad face, just to see how they're feeling about your property. But but no, because our phones would be beeping all day long with people hitting those buttons, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, quite. I'm, I'm, I, I'm just not sure whether tenants would even think about being happy with their property. I mean, this is the same with everything in life, really. You don't notice when things are, are good. You only notice when something goes wrong or breaks or is bad. And, and hence, you, you often forget to, to push the, the green smiley button and, and actually be happy with, with the things that are, are good and are going well. So, so yeah, I, I think it's the same with tenants. But anyway, I'm, I'm afraid I've sidetracked us. Where, where were yeah. you before? <laughs> yeah. So just talking about when we're thinking about intentional businesses. So I think if if someone's just looking for some assets providing income, I think obviously buy to let is the way to go. I think if someone is passionate about bringing stock into the market, high quality rooms, which is something I, I really enjoy doing, but I'm not saying I'm passionate about it, but I like doing it and I want to do it to the best of its capability. But I think the learning for me over the last seven years is that actually what I really wanted to do was just create a business. Now, I think we're nearly there, but I, I guess that's just the question I'm putting out there for those listening is actually property is, and don't get me wrong, if, I, if I'm creating 
revenue or income, I should say, income and profits, and I had spare income and profits, for me, I'd be putting that into property. So I guess where I've got to over the last several years is that I do now see property mostly as an investment vehicle. It just so happens I have a property business as well. So and I think that's all I'm talking about in terms of the intentionality is it's easy to get sold because I don't know how people listening and I'd be really interested if if you reach out to us, send us a message on at biz of property or email us all all in the show notes to say why why you came to property. Because I know a lot of people would have looked at different businesses. You know, could it have been a franchise? Could it have been a opening a shop? And we get to property because of the reasons that we love in terms of you know the income and the and the asset but actually is it is it really the business maker because my my final thought on this is that a lot of the, the the gurus and the wealth creation businesses make things sound easy we talk about no money down my view now is that anyone that's telling you how easy something is is trying to sell you something it's as simple as that because our experience is quite the opposite and probably led us to this sort of conversation, which is all of the things we've done have been really difficult, really difficult. And property is no different. And I think property just takes a lot longer than we would have you believe. So that's where the intentional comes from. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's one of my biggest learnings from the recent refurbishment that I, I did on the, the latest property I bought and, and have now rented out. It just, it, even though after trying various things, but but details not going to, I ended up going with a sort of all-in-one builder who was able to take on the whole project and do all of the the different parts and manage the trades and things sort of under one, one umbrella. So in theory, that was sort of making it easy and simple. And yet it still needed so much time from me. And I mean, I, I say so much and, in the grand scheme of things, it, it wasn't that much. It was a few hours a week. But the trouble is trying to fit in a few hours a week is, is not it's not particularly a passive investment. <laughs> and it, it was difficult to find that time. And it was surprising how much time it did still need. And when you can only go and look at a property to check up on it and work out what Stoney's doing and, and write up notes and feedback photos and things once a week, you can be adding a, a big delay to projects. And it, it is not as passive as you might hope. <laughs> and I have a portfolio of five properties now. And when they're let, they are really quite passive. There's not 100%, but, but mostly. But still things crop up and you have to deal with things. Boilers having issues or safety checks being needed or, or what have you. And I, I have got a portfolio of five and still things crop up. And I, I saw online recently, someone posted quite openly about sort of the, the portfolio of rental properties they have. And they're just buy-to-lets. They're not anything sort of fancy in terms of HMO or service accommodation and things that you, you would expect to be higher maintenance. But they had 23 properties in their their portfolio and that just struck me as oh my goodness that's a lot of properties to be be managing and keeping on top of and the, the thing that really struck me was that their portfolio the value of it is roughly the same as mine and they've got 23 properties versus 
my five. And they, they are, they're obviously investing in a, a very different location and different types of properties. And I think from things that they posted around this information, they sort of went for that approach, that strategy, because they needed to start small. And it has worked well for them. Over the years, they've managed to, to recycle and build and, uh, and sort of gradually increase their portfolio size based on, on being able to do that with smaller properties. And obviously, if you're buying much bigger properties, so you've got fewer of them, you can't, you can't do that as quickly. You can't sort of step up as quickly or recycle things as quickly out of, out of one into the next. So I think it, it, what you choose in terms of location and property value and market that you're going into, it affects so much of your business because they have now built a business of 23 rental properties. And I have built a, a property business of five rental properties. And they're similar value, but they look so different as a business. My day-to-day operation is, is much, much smaller than theirs will be. And I don't think this is something that most people sort of consider when they go into it. And I mean, as, as you said, Stuart, you, you went in really without thinking too much about your location or the type of property or whatever. You were just going where you had some knowledge and what you thought would be easiest to get started. And I think in property, once you've done that, you end up creating momentum to keep going and keep doing the same thing again. And maybe that's not what you want to do. Exactly. That's the existential question that we have asked ourselves and hopefully we have instilled in the mind of you, dear listener. Well, I guess on that uh, bombshell, we should end. (laughs) Do get in touch. You can email us, show at thebusinessofproperty.com and we'll look forward to talking to you again next week.